0: November fourth, two thousand eighteen. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
1: Such a lot to go around. There's such a lot to go
0: around. Watch for Pedro Show. Back with Brother Matt. Brother Matt. Yes. Yeah,
2: overdue.
0: An, yeah. Being uh, on board once again. Overdue. Uh. I think the last show we did together was September 8th. So,
2: yeah, it's overdue.
0: Coordinator or two months, yeah. And in fact, because of uh, all the people doing music up there and me want to see what's up, October had nine shows.
2: Wow, we. That's except That's
0: Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Sometimes it'd be nine for the half the year, huh? <laughs> Next year's going going like daily. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, brother. <laughs> But uh, remember that one time you had a notion about video? Oh, yeah, yeah. You wanted to do these shows, yeah. like, with the pictures. Yeah,
2: That would have uh, been a whole other problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it naked.
2: Don't
0: butt floss bikini. Uh, look, uh, we started with Moments' Notice, John Coltrane, and then, because uh, we're not just by ourselves, through the magic Avery of those, uh, engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention, we got... Uh, Rachel Taylor-Brown from uh, Portland, Oregon. Welcome. Welcome aboard, Rachel.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Oh, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me
0: on. No problem. And we played your song from your new record, Little Fucker. Yeah, little Oh,
3: fucker. That's not off the new record, but it's off of the previous record. And Oh,
0: then I, you're going to have to ever, learn me. In it's, fact, it's you're going to have to learn con- me about your whole fucking thing. So please uh, tell me your earliest musical recollection.
3: Oh, geez. Um...
0: There's no wrong answer, really.
3: (laughs) Well, I grew up in a family with uh, seven kids total. In Portland? In Portland. Well, in Boring, Oregon, which Mm -hmm. is a a suburb of Portland.
0: (laughs) Kind of a lame name.
3: (laughs) I knew you were going to laugh.
0: I think this is what Elon Musk is calling his tunnel shit (laughs) in in, uh, Culver City. Uh, Isn't (laughs) the boring?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Go on, seven kids and Boring, Argon.
3: Yeah, so Boring is pretty much exactly as you would imagine it. And uh, everybody in my family, I grew up after four boys, and they all had bands. And my brother Jeff, uh, my late brother Jeff, uh, who died in 1996. I'm sorry. Was, thanks. uh, He was uh, an amazing musician, amazing pianist, amazing guitarist. He played both equally well, which was kind of weird.
0: Um, he was kind of good.
3: <laughs> yeah, amazing, yeah, he was he was, uh, just a beautiful musician. Really, really good. And when I was a kid, I mean, I guess this was probably around four years old or whatever. That's when we'd moved to the new house that was out in Boring. And he used to play the piano, and I had the idea that if I went over and, like, if I got to it freshly enough right after he'd been on it, and I
1: sat there and put my hands on the keys. I thought maybe. I maybe <laughs> yeah, Matt, you read my mind.
0: Maybe so you could just
1: absorb it.
3: So, like,
0: off. what you're saying is, Rachel, like, there's a piano in the living room.
3: Yeah, Wurlitzer or Spinnet, a really shitty piano.
0: Yeah, but so you still, you had one. So there, there's music in the pad that you're growing up in. What about your parents? Your mom and pop were they uh, listeners or music people, uh, players?
3: Well, they were listeners, but they both had good voices. My mom was a really good singer and she'd sing with the radio and um i always loved to listen to her sing my dad just sang really weird dorky songs i don't know where he got them but he had a really small repertoire of like super weird songs and um yeah so they were they were both what do you mean you by know, super was,
0: weird like uh they're coming to take me away doctor the mental stuff <laughs> you <know>, like, <laughs>
2: like
3: those songs from the i guess they were from the 30s or the 40s the Chemo, chemo, stare, stare, my home, a rubber stick, a pump, a, nip, a swoop, bang, nip, cap, poly, mitchy, I love you, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: some like Masonic passwords. <laughs> Do another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but anyway, they're, they're instruments, they're players, but they're, the instrument is the voice. For them, okay. yeah. Okay, uh, then your brother actually plays the guitar and the drum. Uh, sorry, piano. What about at school?
3: uh yeah i got involved in choir pretty young um i guess i started in sixth grade with mrs betcher and she had the boys sing anchors away and the girls sing waves waves of the navy (laughs) (laughs) right
0: i remember those my papa's a sailor Uh, rachel did they think about we got a piano in the house maybe you should take piano lessons and maybe because it's osmosis maybe ain't working so (laughs) we'll get you a piano teacher did they ever (laughs) suggest that
3: Well, yeah, I did get shoved into piano lessons at around six, but I'd been playing for ear by that time, by ear from that already for a couple years before that. And so I'd gotten into the habit of, you know, I'd I'd strengthened my ear pretty much already before I got into piano lessons, and I hated piano lessons. Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of people I talked to about that very negative uh, experience. Some people had good ones. I, I think it depended on the teachers, and a lot of these people should find other work.
3: I'm just guessing, I'm
0: just guessing.
3: Well, I had a nice, I had a nice teacher, Mrs. Hunt, but she was...
0: Um, I'm not saying know, she, not a nice or uh nice person. I'm saying good at making music yeah. interesting that uh, would inspire you.
3: Well, yeah, she was trying to teach me basically to, to read, which is an honorable goal, you know. I mean, it, it's something I wanted, but I was impatient with it, and what I would do is I would ask her to play it. And then I'd pick it up by ear and I'd play it back and pretend I was reading. Yeah. And uh, so I cheated my way yeah, basically yeah. through all my music lessons and I did that all the way through high school. I mean I did choir, concert choir and all that in high school. What about
0: marching band?
3: No, I okay. wish I'd done marching band. I didn't <laughs> no, play don't. anything. No,
0: you don't. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You play you played your voice. Come on, that's an instrument. It's probably the I first played, un- it's probably your first instrument unless you consider feet. Uh-huh. Drumsticks, because uh-huh. that might have been, been the first <laughs> instrument. So it's either first or second. What, what was the first record you bought yourself, Rachel? I'm
3: sorry, are you guys really brothers? Or are you, are you like. Yeah, of course we're really brothers. <laughs> you're actual brothers.
0: <laughs> well, part of the human race. <laughs> <laughs> you're our sister, right? Look, look, what was the first record you bought yourself?
3: Uh, that I bought myself? Uh, it was probably. The Carpenter is close to you. I was right. really oh. little.
0: She was drummer lady. It's well,
3: She was a great drummer, wasn't she? Mm-hmm.
0: Downy. In fact, their practice pad got taken over by the suburban lawns and where, where the Reactionaries, uh-huh. which is the band before the Minuteman. So uh, there is a slight connection. Wow. So who'd what imagine? was the first gig that you went What was that, Brother Who would imagine? Yeah, who would imagine? <laughs> what was the first gig you went to, Rachel?
3: Probably one of my brother's gigs and it was probably Jeff's band which was called Midnight Sun I played, played a club, club in
0: Mississippi in Jackson, <laughs> Mississippi called Midnight Sun oh yeah yeah and, and that well, night
3: that's where, my, that's where my dad was born get was this Jeff that and,
0: night uh, the police academy had the big graduation so we had lots of young drunk hombres <laughs> <laughs> celebrating <laughs> oh,
2: at wow. the Midnight
0: Sun opening band was a chili pepper uh, clone band uh, yeah it was
2: interesting the Red oh, Knot wow. Chili
0: Peppers yeah certainly like that I, i'm just curious about that kind of stuff so uh and what was it like a club
3: i think it was a party uh probably the parents of one of the band members because they were they were in high school
0: okay house party at
3: that point point. and yeah and they played covers of the beatles and the who and ccr and
0: they didn't write their own songs
3: No, I don't think they ever did. They were so you must be
0: around my age because that's was the culture of the seventies. That's the reason for the whole fucking movement coming Mm -hmm. into being because everybody just copying songs off records.
3: Yeah, Uh, my brothers,
0: my brothers' bands were in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was thirteen in nineteen seventy. You know, the first gig I went to.
3: What
0: me and D Boone went and saw T Rex. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Everybody does that. <laughs> Everybody, I tell. that. To. Well, okay.
3: that's quite a first show. Yeah, you
0: yeah, know, everybody's embarrassed about their first show. I never have to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, you don't mind Bo no, Diddley? <laughs> ah, brother Manson, Bo <laughs> Diddley. That's fucking
3: bitching. Really? Yeah.
0: yeah, he wouldn't shit you. You guys are making this up. No, we ain't. No, we ain't. Uh, look, you did saw, you, you do probably,
3: You probably, you probably first saw like, uh, oh, what's his name? Cat
0: Boone. Oh, wow. doing, uh, <laughs> wearing leathers. And doing like uh, Cootie Fruity all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> You always sold more than Little Richard. Uh, look, did you do the thing like with your school friends, uh, a band in the bedroom or the garage or the basement? Oh, never.
3: My brothers okay. did. And I, yeah, got I, to sing, that. I got to sing with their bands, you know, they let me sit in and actually they started, when they knew I could play things by ear, my my brother's friends um, who were in the band would ask me to, like when they started getting married and things like that, they'd yeah. ask me to learn things by ear to like, play at their wedding. So oh, that, to
0: bring you into the band. Yeah. Okay. Like pinch hitter.
3: Well, no. Utility I would, player. No, I, I, I would get to play with them maybe when they were practicing in the basement. That was it. One of my brothers was a drummer. Okay,
0: placeholder. <laughs> yeah,
3: I was a placeholder. Well, thank you very much. I want to
0: play this song, Me Hurting You, okay?
1: set.
4: But you must also be human. So open up and join us in living. Women power! Women power! In the coming age of feminine society, we'll regain our human dignity, we'll face some truth and clarity, and bring back nature's beauty. Women power! Woman power. Every man, every woman has a song to sing. Every woman has a story to tell. Make no mistake about it, brothers. We will have the power to move the mountains. Teach you how to cook. We'll teach you how to knit. We'll teach you how to care for life instead of killing. Make no mistake about it, sisters. Evil men have the power to change the world.
0: Not for Peter Show. Yep, that was Rachel Taylor-Brown doing Me Hurting You. Was it that off the new record?
3: That was also off the previous record.
0: Okay, I'm fucking up twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Right. Well, actually, fine. they're all previous because yesterday's gone. Right? So, until the That's next right. record, right, right. Then we had Bitch Face, brand new band with uh, Sid Straw. Oh, Peter cool. Yeah. Hey, Sid. Yeah. Change the Locks, which is a uh, victory. Lucinda Williams oh yeah it's yeah, one of her teams. Uh Bullets or Balloons out of Spokanistan with Antics <laughs> yeah, that sounds like <laughs> Tuesday huh? Uh Erratum musical for three voices this was a piece composed by Marcel Duchamp it's done here by the S.E.N. Ensemble it's a long time ago so you hear some artifacts but yeah, Marcel Duchamp did so much yeah. and went through so many different movements and, and just incredible Cat and uh, big inspiration to me oh. and uh uh, I found that by accident. See, uh, cool, the internet happy, happy. isn't all bad, right? <laughs> There's some good things. Then Yoko Ono, brand new record from her, 85 years old. Hint, hint. You got to keep going, <laughs> Rachel. Woman Power. And then Pussy Riot with Track About Good Cop. <laughs> Which one is that? And then Feel, uh, Feel Spectres, get it? Oklahoma City with Peachy Fucking King. And then finally get your by Rachel Taylor Brown. And get your... I uh, i assume my pop would hate me because that makes it a ass out of you <laughs> and me. But uh, you want to get something, right?
3: Uh, yeah, and that is off
0: the new album. All right. Yeah. I wanted to say that, but you beat me to it. Okay, let's get back to your story. So you, you started out being a place uh, as long as uh, as far as playing with other people in music as a placeholder for your brother's band. Now, what led you to doing your own music, Rachel? I'd always written
3: songs. I mean, I remember... You know, what you did as a kid in Boring, starting from the age of six, was the berry bus would come in the summers, and you'd go pick berries all day. Whoa. And it like, strawberries yeah, and sure. raspberries and things like that. And um, I would write songs, like, really bad songs, when I was picking berries. And that was really young. And I wrote songs all through – before I started taking s- – I was writing songs from that age on pretty consistently, and I didn't really start taking it seriously until I was in my 20s. And that was when my husband got me a a four-track Tascam Porta 05 recorder. And it just sort of, you know, it was great. It was like the best toy ever. I, you know, the fact that I didn't have to use several... Or two tape recorders and record parts over, you know. Oh back yeah, you're forth, talking back
0: sound back. on sound. You could overdub and be a yeah, one-woman yeah, band.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Les yeah. Paul.
0: Les Paul. <laughs> He's the pioneer. I got. He talked to me about that once. Really? He brought Mary Ford in, but he was the. Well, maybe she was. <laughs> but he told me, yeah, they got that going. Uh, so, so you get to make songs that you can layer up stuff. But did yeah. you ever, when you wrote these songs, they were kind of for you. You didn't imagine playing them for other people?
3: Not at that time, no. Okay.
0: So when does that change?
3: Well, I had, um I mean, one of the reasons I didn't think of that at that time was that I was sort of, I guess, on my way to this nervous breakdown, and then I had the nervous breakdown, and then I was kind of out of commission for a good number of years, like eight years or so, working through shit, and... I wrote a lot during that time. I And when I, I at the end of it, or it wasn't really the end of it. It's never the end of it, truthfully, but... Uh,
0: That's the good uh, news, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, I
3: I had a, a house painter that was working outside our house and he overheard me playing the piano and he came in and he wound up being my bass player and my friend John. Wow. And, he uh he said hey do you have any do you have like a a tape or something that i could give to this friend of mine who has a studio and i happened to have the tascam 405 right, <laughs> so right, right. i actually did have a tape and and so i gave it to him and then he handed it off to this very talented guy who owned a studio just in his basement um called larry Schaefer and Larry helped me make my first album. He engineered and recorded my first album for me, and um, you know it was a learning process, kind of for both of us. Because I don't think he'd work with anyone who had, you know, things with such with multiple parts, so many parts to them. Because I had some huge, huge arrangements on that first album, but. You know, I was really ambitious in my head, and it was an education to find out how hard it is to make that happen. <laughs> You're just in the studio, but it was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, who's your bass? Is that John, the bass man? John Huckfeld was my first bass player. Okay, yeah.
0: okay. But So we got to give him credit, because he makes the connect.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely... I try to give him credit all the time. Cause, uh, no,
0: I mean right here at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, course, of course. But uh, what about, so you hadn't done a gig yet?
3: Oh, no, I've done a, gig. I've
0: done a lot of gigs. <laughs> okay, no, no, at that point.
3: Oh, well, yeah, I've done a lot of gigs because I... Well, I tell me about your experience.
0: first gigs, because what, what I understand is you're writing songs, picking berries, then the, right. the problems, so you're still writing songs during the problems. And then you found the house painter who connects you for your first record. But
3: I, I didn't hear
0: anything, uh, yeah, about gigs. Tell me about your first gigs. How'd how well, those happen?
3: I when I did, you know, I, I started out doing, like, theater and musical theater. I played Amaryllis in Music Man when I was in sixth grade. And then I got shoved by, you know, or encouraged by Encourage is a better word than shoved,
1: but <laughs> Maybe. Uh,
3: choir directors and things in high school into, my senior year in high school, I got, my choir director wrote a note to my parents and said, you should get her in voice lessons, and I started taking voice lessons with this teacher who'd, who'd moved to Gresham. She'd won a Metropolitan Opera auditions, regional auditions, or no, national auditions, and I lucked out. She was a really great teacher, Susan St. John, and I, like I told you, faked my way with my ear, which is very strong. But I made that—I faked my way through music. Okay. And it was sobering to have to suddenly, you know, she she had me do these difficult, seeing these difficult arias and pieces and things, and um, it was challenging, and I liked it, and I did well. Um, uh, doing contests and things like that, and then got a scholarship to to University of Oregon School of Music for you know vocal studies for for music degree. But again, I just felt so out of de- out of my depth. I don't. I, I think I had natural abilities, but not sense. You know, I just the whole theory side of things and and technique and all of that you know i was just doing everything by feel like i always had but i got jobs after college doing um i sang with capella romana which is this really interesting choir in portland um that does like byzantine greek chant um uh russian these huge old baroque russian pieces things like that and it's a really small choir so it's like one on a part And traveled with them and toured with them, and I I sang with other, um, like, early music orchestras and choirs and ensembles um, during that time that you're talking about that's the, you know, murky time. You didn't know what I was saying. So I did a lot of performance during that time, but I wasn't performing my own music. Yeah,
0: as a side woman uh, kind of thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. I guess a
0: a member of a choir, is it really a side because a choir means a group of people. But, uh, okay, so, but you were, you were in bands that weren't your bands, but you were doing music in front of people. That, A yeah, lot, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, what was the first, uh, you know, Rachel Taylor Brown gig, doing Rachel Taylor Brown music?
3: Well, it was after I, you know, like I was telling you, I'd been in this, I, I really was holed up in my house for years. I, I didn't, for me to... To work through what I was working through, I had to be by myself because if I was around people, I'd just automatically slip into that default setting of, you know, I don't know, asking about them and, you know, all the things you're taught as a girl to do, you know. It's, I just, I had no energy for the usual type of conversation
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> at yeah, that of
3: course. point. I was so low that I, I basically just needed to sit like a lump and I wrote a lot and I, I worked through things a lot, but uh I was seriously depressed I mean just really 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 low and so when i when John called me out of the house you know and gave my tape to Larry uh, to to record i I was really shaky I mean I just I hadn't even really been out and so the first gig that I did was an open mic at they're encouraging, and it was, I was just super, super, super nervous, even though I'd performed a lot, and um, yeah, and that was, so that was my very first, if you, that, that's not really a gig, is it? That's just no, playing. no, that's <laughs> a gig, that's
0: a gig. You know, <laughs> well, us, me and Dee Boone, we sp- decided to split the world into two categories, there was gigs and flyers, and everything that was, wasn't a gig, was a flyer, to get people to the gig. So that, that's bitching And you up. Know Big love to John and Larry. I'm very grateful to them. Look what they enter the first hour of the November 4, 2018 edition Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest, Rachel Taylor Brown. Hold tight for hour two. Yeah. November 4, 2018 is the second hour of the Watford for Pedro Show. for Pedro show start off the second hour with Rachel Taylor Brown with this is a song cat power with nothing but time in Zaire that's got to have States coming in January 3rd Il Sonia de Mayo album at Castle oh, you. cool. yeah, be your seven
2: awesome. day. very cool yes. yes
0: and not as cold as Bologna you <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not he gets fucking cold <laughs> yeah Jesus uh, the turtles with silhouette and finally Rachel Taylor Brown with Susan Storm's ugly sister. Uh, so, uh, you do this first record, and, uh, do you start performing it in front of people? You know, you want to put together a band?
3: I actually performed, started performing pretty frequently after that. Okay. After I did that open mic, yeah, that led to, um, a gig at that place, and a weekly, and so, and that was just solo. That was me, I was playing guitar. Mainly at that time, even though piano was my main instrument, I was not. I'm not a very good guitarist, but uh, and easier I'm to
0: carry around. Good, pardon? <laughs> easier to carry around.
3: A lot easier. Uh, but yeah, so I started doing a weekly, and then I picked up another one, and then John, who I mentioned, painter man. Painter man, a bass player, a right. great musician. He he suggested I put a, a band together, and um, I didn't know for sure if I really wanted to do that. And then I decided, okay, I'll go ahead and because I was still, like I said, it was a little, it was a little like a chihuahua. I have the nervous system of a chihuahua. <laughs> <at this> <laughs> <moment>.
0: <laughs> you know, I was a meter man in the late seventies, and I'd see about a hundred dogs a day. I had big make oh. reads. Yeah, I wrote a poem about it. I never you gave did. a damn about the meter man till I was the man who had to read the meters, man. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of time strange. to think about it. <laughs> okay. I like that poem. <laughs> okay. So so this band and what'd you call it? The Rachel Taylor Brown band? Uh
3: yeah. I mean I didn't I didn't No, yeah. that,
0: that I think it's good. That that way you know who to blame. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's right. That's why I put
0: my name. There's some projects, if I'm a collaborating, it hasn't not a, not my name. If I, I'm writing the songs, I put my own name in it so you know who to blame. It's,
2: a, it's kind <laughs> of a responsibility thing. That's yeah. why I start cutting my own hair. I don't want to blame somebody else. I just do it myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Raymond. Raymond cuts his own fucking hair. I don't know how he does it. Uh, so that's a trip. Uh, what about tour? Now, you're doing just gigs around Portland, right? Did you ever think about tour?
3: Well, I played with uh, another band, a friend's band. Actually, a couple. Okay. Um, I played keys and sang and played percussion and accordion and whatever. And um, we toured. I toured with him down to through Southern California, Arizona. Uh-huh. You know, West Coast. Okay. Um, and then I've only done one tour of my own, and That's it wound right. up. It culminated in um San Francisco or Oakland. Oakland at this cafe that we got down there and walked in and they said, Oh, we're not doing shows anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't know look, I've been through that shit a bunch. You don't know. You're not the only one, okay.
3: (laughs) We drove down from Portland.
0: We call well, those character builders.
3: Oh, it was such a character builder! But then we went over to um, this other place that I'd played with the you know the other band that I'd played in, and they you actually. You can name those,
0: them, Rachel. You can name them if you want to.
3: Well, I'm blanking on the name, and I can't believe. Okay. I, it's okay. the, it's the laundromat. This yeah, is but brain, i think brainwash is still there. And they were so nice to us. We went over there and we kind of told our sad tale, and they said, "Well, you know, if you want to play at 11:30 or something, you're welcome to play here." And That's they beautiful. gave us—they gave us free food and yeah. they gave us like coffee. and It was really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some people can be beautiful. Yeah, some, other people pretty. can be dicks, and other yeah. people can be beautiful. You know what? Right now. It's time for us, because I've been jonesing, it's been two months, <laughs> to bring on the spin suck with Brother Matt. Cool. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs>
5: So of ice, up five, six flights of stairs.
1: So what? So what?
2: Some th- new thrill seekers in there, some Crane, Crane was in Crane. Crane, out of yeah. Idaho, right? He's yeah. up by Coeur I Yeah, think. I had lunch with him. He was in town a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh really? Yeah. Came
0: back to the hometown.
2: Yeah, yeah, passing okay. through. So. Crane was
0: the bass player and singer for tragic comedy, but yeah. John Maknowski did and Some,
2: some Minuteman trumpet cuts.
0: Right, right. He's on uh every song on Project Mersh and half of uh What Buzz How under the Influence of Heat. Mm. Great, great cat, and uh, he moved up there. Yeah, it seemed like life's treating
2: ago. him pretty good out there. Yeah, his
0: health. Yeah, Is he still he, kind of b- tri- big.
2: Yeah, tri- uh, he's he's not as, as big. And probably not he's, good. He, good. he's going to Europe a lot because he got a girlfriend over in Amsterdam. Okay. So uh, they keep flip flopping. You back know, back. there
0: was one improv project I did with him. I found a, a tape of it called Faux Fum, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think we did one gig. It was called Faux <laughs> Fum, and I think there was fifteen dudes in the band. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Th- in fact I think I played Mandolin. Yeah. Oh. So what made you do what you just did? It was your, your your crane visit? Well, I
2: I had this uh thrill seekers I got at the retirement party. Yeah. And uh so I, I hadn't checked that out until just recently and had a bunch of cool tunes on there, so figured you got to bust those out and uh, crane gave me a couple things when uh, he was in town so i figured is he making music up there he's still doing his thing Uh, euphoria's destination i think you can find him on facebook so uh yeah he's still doing his crane stuff his lounge stuff you got a variety of he's
0: got to make his own website
2: yeah you shouldn't let that one
0: guy be the fucking uh what do you call it gatekeeper yeah you know Dangerous. It's like fanzines. That's why I thought web, uh, the internet was going to be. It, but they have their own website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't have to go to a Yan Wanner and a one dude. What was that Rolling Stone magazine? Yeah, yeah. Don't need that. Although, brother Matt, Rolling Stone magazine said they liked our, our radio. Yeah, shows. they got
2: some taste <laughs> on the radio shows. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're in good company, Rachel. Yeah, you're in good company. So. Uh, that that tour you did. You came back to it. Was it any of it useful for a further music endeavor? <laughs>
3: I don't I don't think so. Well, you know, it was useful in in the personal uh, character building aspect. Yeah. Uh but yeah. I I don't I don't think I'd say it was useful in any kind of professional way, but I don't know if yeah.
0: What I've always come to understand is whenever you do a gig, it's kind of like practice for the next gig.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's so always no, it's never wasted. So tell me about this the, the actual new record. How'd that come well, about? Um,
3: uh, any record, I always think in albums. I yeah. think of a record as one piece, and I know that's kind of out of favor right now. No,
0: not really, because I've done three operas.
3: Yeah, you know, I read that, and I think that's so interesting. I actually would love to ask you more about that, because... uh,
0: Well, the idea that you can't say everything in one song, unless it's a big song with a lot of parts.
3: And I feel the same way, yeah. I feel the same way, and that's how I tend to think in albums. Um, I see it as one piece, and I prefer that people listen. You know, I know it's asking a lot, but I prefer that people listen...
4: And because
3: uh, i I think it transitions a lot. I think of um, sequencing a lot when I'm doing. It. actually, it sort of happens as I'm going along and writing songs. but usually I don't I don't have any kind of um method to writing. I don't know if you do, but yeah, I, I, I start with the I, title. Pardon?
0: I do. I start with the title. Oh, really? I wouldn't shit you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the last show? I had John Elderkin on, and he had his opera called Moonbeams No Mas, and it was kind of like part two. He told me yeah. of his reaction to Ziggy Stardust in the Rise and Fall of the, sp- uh-huh. no, the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust yeah. and the Spiders from Mars, which was a coincidence because David Bowie passed away. Huh. Yeah, that was really interesting. So, you you know, there's no one way to do any of this stuff. Okay, that's why I'm interested in your process. Okay, so when this new record came, there was a big collection of ideas and you just wanted to find some way to manifest it?
3: Well, I just write all the time Mm -hmm. with no real method. And so whatever I happen to be thinking at the time or whatever's in the air and what, you know, whatever happens to be in me at that time is what I'm writing about. And a lot of times I'm not really aware of you know, really clearly of what it is until I put together the album. You know, I sometimes think, oh, are these even related? And then I'll put together and I realize I'm kind of thinking about the same thing with all the songs, which makes sense because you're writing them kind of in the same time frame. So
0: let me get this straight. At first you tell me an album is a whole, but then you're saying
3: yep. right.
0: you go into making an album with a collection of songs. And so, is that where? Oh, you you like uh, pick and choose?
3: Well, yeah, but they're not, but not really, because when I'm writing them,
0: no, not when you're writing e- them. Once they're done,
3: right? When I'm writing them, they go they go together.
0: Oh, okay. When
3: I'm writing them, I start playing them to together. When I'm just playing through them and, and practicing them, and they just go together they okay. just start to go together the ones that are meant to go together just start to go together
0: and by go together that could mean lyrically or harmonically
3: lyrically. i just like how one runs into the next one okay you know okay. like i'll finish one and then i'll want to start playing another one because i like the transition
2: sure
3: i like the sound of you know the one key going to the other or the the mood of the one going into the other and i'll frequently have like most of an album sequenced before I even record it, just because that's how I hear it in my head. That's how I've heard it in my head. That's how it just sort of sorted itself out in sure. my head.
0: Sure,
2: sure.
3: And, um, yeah. And so,
0: but like, uh, uh, if I can give my shit as an example, okay. okay, this first opera, it's going to be use my pop's life in the Navy to talk about the minute. Second opera. Uh, I got sick and almost died, but I didn't. Third hmm. opera. I'm going to talk about being a middle-aged punk rocker. So I start with a big focus, a big goal, and then I try to rally all the shit to make that happen.
3: Yeah, that's that's one way. The one album I did that with was a holiday, like a winter album, that it's like this EP that I wrote in one day. It's seven songs, and I, I had actually, as a joke, a friend and I had challenged each other, or I challenged this friend, to write a holiday album in one day, <laughs> and so hmm. he declined. But I decided, oh, what the hell, I'll do it. And so I wrote these seven songs in one day, put them aside, forgot, forgot them actually, because I'd written them so quickly. And then I wound up recording them when I was recording something else um, with Jeff Stewart saltzman and. And I had to relearn them. I had to look them up and relearn them. But that was the only thing where I think I decided, okay, I'm going to write a group of songs that are based on this. And then I did it. Otherwise, I just, it's a very uh, lazy, kind of going with the flow process for me. It's not lazy in the work that's involved, but it just sort of, whenever I put an album out, my brain's sort of been in one place. And in this case, it was, you know, uh, kind of, an obvious place, and that's the sort of dystopian, you know, atmosphere that we, we're we finding ourselves in from a local level to a world level. In Portland, there's been so much freaking change that your head spins. I mean, the last 18 years, it's been like, the place is different from week to week. You'll look at a street, there's no cars parked on it. The next week, suddenly, there's a hundred cars parked on it, and that's that's the new paradigm. That's what's going to happen from now on, and it's just been in this constant state of growth, constant state of construction, and I know this is happening in many places all over the U.S., but Portland's changed so much. Um, we finally moved to the outskirts last year because, you know, I love that city. I grew up Spent most of my life there, and we just couldn't take it anymore. We just, you know, I don't even, I went through all of this mourning for Portland. Now I just, I don't even know if I care about it anymore. Did
2: you ever see <laughs> our former guest, Fred, um, up there? Fred Armiston, Portlandia yeah. man?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred came on, on the show. The drummer man. Right? Look well, he,
3: the He's gotten a lot of flack, I know. I know Portlandia's <laughs> been blamed for... A lot of what's happening. Oh, Carrie, too, though. That anything?
0: ain't all friends. You got to blame oh. Carrie. <laughs> no, they're good. I like both those people very much. I don't really know the show, but I like those people very much. Look, we're did at the he, end of the he second Did you talk
6: about that
0: at all? Rachel, we're at the end of the second hour. Listen to the show. Yeah. Oh, sorry. November 4th. We'll, we'll get to this in the third hour. 2018. Special guest, Rachel t- Taylor Brown. Hold tight for hour three. November four, two thousand eighteen. It's the third hour of the Watch from Pedro show. Rochelle show started the third hour off with the uh, family. Then we had Simon Bird doing Baltimore Drowning. And then Mold Omen out of Baltimore. Or what they say there, Balmore. Balmer. Yeah, right, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. John and John Waters. He birthed his muscles. Alms. I guess Alms is a. Right? Good, alms, good thing. you Yeah. Donates. yeah. yeah right. And then yeah. Uh, Rachel Taylor Brown with uh, Litany of the Family. So two family songs. What's that about?
3: Well, the last, you know what I was saying about whatever my brain's been on is what, how the album comes out and kind of puts itself together. And for my last, my previous album, it was called Fallamy, which was, you know, a play on family, and it's all about family, you know, in its various forms, whether it's your actual blood family or it's the family that you make with your friends and your ah, to me, there's so, big
0: distinction because you can't pick that other family. You're born with them. The other ones you actually pick, but they say right. the test of your true humanity is your family. Cause you don't pick them. So uh, somebody yeah. got to get along yeah, with you. The yeah. Biggest,
3: yeah. The so it was about that. And kind of from the greater context too, of, you know, all humans. And so the whole, that whole album is about family. There's several songs directly relating to family on there.
0: Well, let's talk about this record. What was the big idea?
3: For the current one?
0: Yeah.
3: I guess just, to me, it's always what interests me most, and what I return to all the time in my writing, is how people handle things. You know, how people handle life and the challenges that are presented to them, and you know, the weird human tics and reactions that we have and defenses and, you know, just the way we cope. And, or not. <laughs> or not. Or not. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, we're really dreadful at it in a lot of ways, but then there are these moments of uh, beauty in in how people cope with life and... Both sides attract me, you know, I'm in, and and anyway, in this album, I just, I think Americans and then, and people the world over, we're, we're in a really interesting time, um, where there's a lot of scary, not entirely unique stresses pushing in on everyone, but one that is unique, I think, is the climate change thing.
0: Right. And, uh, um, you know, when I was a young Minuteman, I remember one of the first songs I wrote for the band. One of the lyrics was, uh, yeah, I, I, "I try to go to work and I keep thinking of World War III. I try to talk to girls <laughs> and I keep thinking of World War." I think there's always been some <laughs> stressy kind of things. I was only 22 years old. I, I hadn't really written many songs. I was new at it, but
3: that's a great that's a great song.
0: It's called "Paranoid Child." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was the the last song. I like the, it. Uh, the last song on our first record, and you you know you got to be careful about the last song because we, we read from left to right so it kind of is like a mathematical equation you know the equal signs this is the summation yeah and I really had trouble with that with my third opera because I didn't want any beginning and end I wanted it all middle because it's about middle age <laughs> now
3: is that the one the third opera I, I think yeah. I that's one about Bosch,
0: is that right? Well, I used him. well I shouldn't say that. I appropriated his imagery.
3: I, I don't think you have any danger of like copyright with him anymore. He's It's lush. not
0: bad. It's just a question of integrity. <laughs> and, well, and but you that's, know a what?
3: Great, that's a great inspiration, I think. Oh, well, what God. it was
0: was the imagery when I was a boy. Right. I, I, you know, because I'm born in 57 Sputnik, so I'm way into astronauts. I got into dinosaurs, and then my yeah. mom got these... Uh, World Book Encyclopedia and I, I found Hieronymus Bosch and them little creatures.
3: That's a little terrifying for a kid to find.
0: Uh, well, uh, I don't act on it until, you know, my 50s. And then what I do is <laughs> wait, I use... Wait,
3: wait, wait. You I, acted on it. Yeah, I, oh, made a, right, a, I, made,
0: I made an opera. out of it. Okay. And I took you were reenacting I, it. I took 30 of the little man and I used them as... Because my guess is he was actually doing aphorisms. Because there's one guy whose nose is like a uh, horn. He's playing it. Yeah. We say that blowing your own horn. So that, I don't know five six hundred year old Dutch. So I just made up my own shit to tell the story of what it's like to be middle aged You know, because I never thought about that stuff much. So that's yeah. where where I use that. So 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 I'm interested. Industry- okay. So you know, at the end of the day, when you're because you said there's beauty and then there's dystopia. Do, do you? Th- do you think they're in balance, or one side wins out a little bit more?
3: I am more of a – I'm not a pessimist.
0: Okay, good. I, what I would about descri- cynic?
3: I would describe myself as a realist.
0: Cynic. So, what about cynic, no?
3: Yeah, I would say I'm a little bit of a cynic. What about you know, skeptic? I'm sorry? Skeptic. I, I can't hear you.
0: S-C-E-P-T-I-C. Oh, yes, skeptic,
3: yes. Definitely a skeptic. But
0: what's the problem with skepticism?
3: I don't see a problem with skepticism. <laughs> yeah,
0: because if you're too skeptic, you got to be skeptical about skepticism. Ah! Yeah, it's a nightmare uh-huh. dilemma. Mr. <laughs> Wittgenstein again. Okay, Look, tell me about this song, wedding song, Bag of Bones. Well, it's
3: the one love song on the album.
0: Okay, let's listen.
1: Bag of Bones, Bag of Bones We have our lives, sister Jean. We have our life, sister Jean.
0: show, Rachel Taylor Brown with the only love song from the album "Wedding Song," "Bag of Bones." Then uh, Karoo Crew out of Tokyo with "Summer Galaxian Explosion." Now out of England with uh, London, "A Good Natured Serpent," and finally Sister Jean, Rachel Taylor Brown. Rachel, what's your future plans? Oh,
3: geez, do I have any future plans?
0: I don't know. I... That's why I asked you.
3: Um. I just try to get down what's in my head. I write constantly, and I love writing. I love the whole process. I love getting an idea and sitting down and writing it. And so for me, it's just and I kind of I can't keep up um, recording-wise with what I write. So I have this backlog of stuff that That's I always good. want to get to. That's
0: good. That's uh, Willie
3: Dixon. Yeah, it's too. a nice it's
0: Yeah, a nice brother book. Matt went to Willie Dixon's house once, and he opened up a drawer. What, like yeah, hundreds of songs? <laughs> hundreds of songs there that were never recorded. Willie Dixon, yeah. right? Spoonful. Well, and the bass too.
2: <laughs> well, hats off to bass yeah. from Jim from from oh, the Longhorns, man. Lazy Lance of the Longhorns. Yeah. He, he he was at the party a few yeah. months ago. He got, smelled bacon. Yeah, he, he loved to eat, but he, all of a sudden he smelled bacon and started getting sick when he smelled bacon had pain in his back. Yeah. They said, Oh fuck, you got
3: what? you got
2: pancreatic cancer, lung cancer, liver cancer. Oh, you only shit. got three months to live, and he only had like less than three weeks.
3: And so he smelled bacon and when then he, when
2: he when he would smell it it would make him sick instead trippy. of like digging on it. And it's know, trippy
3: like,
0: Lance Lancelot, this man Lance, has had so much tumors yeah, cut out of him, he survived stage four,
2: seven tumors. Oh people we don't so
0: so you know, I think the lesson to be learned here, Rachel, Brother Matt we don't know how much time we got. Yeah, future. So we plans. gotta pack it in. We gotta, gotta pack do those it future in. Plans so if you're building now. up a backlog, that ain't a bad thing. Go big. Like, yeah, go big. Go hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's been November fourth, two thousand eighteen. Just a wife of Peter show. Everybody keep their powder dry. Yeah.